This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello Manchester United fans, welcome to this extra episode of the Manchester is Red podcast. Today we're going to listen to Samuel Luckhurst and Tyrone Marshall inside the Allianz Arena ahead of Bayern Munich versus Manchester United. Rich Fay was at open training today to watch Man United's squad train before flying out to Munich and we're going to listen to the press conferences from Eric Ten Hag, Andre Onana and the highlights of Harry Kane's press conference ahead of his New side Bayern Munich facing off against a side that was reportedly very interested in him over the summer in Manchester United. But Man United fans, without further ado, here is Rich Fay, followed by Tyrone and Samuel, and then the press conferences at the end. Hello from a very, very soggy Carrington. Manchester United in open training just behind us ahead of their trip to face Bayern Munich in the Champions League. Tyrone and Samuel have got the short straw of going to Munich during Oktoberfest. I am here. Torrential rain on a Tuesday morning in Manchester. And the early team news from United is that Rafael Varane and Mason Mount are both back in United training ahead of that trip to Munich. Sofian Amrabat and Kobe Maynou trained away from the main group this morning. Uh, and the other news is that Ethan Williams, the United youngster from the under-18s, is part of that group that are un- undergoing a passing drill behind me. And yeah, I suppose that is a boost for United. After the recent injury news, of course, only at the start of the week, Aaron Wan-Bissaka was ruled out, uh, the latest player to be ruled out for United. They almost have an entire 11 of players unavailable. But the good news is that Varane and Mason Mount are back in United training and they should both be in the United squad that flies to Munich later on Tuesday. United will fly in the afternoon. Of course, press conference to come as well. Good afternoon and welcome to the latest edition of the Manchester is Red podcast. It is Manchester is Red on tour today. I'm Tyrone Marshall. I'm joined by Samuel Luckhurst and we are currently sat in the Munich sunshine inside the Allianz Arena. Uh, just looking out onto the pitch, what looks a pretty pristine playing surface and a, and a stunning stadium. Uh, Samuel, how are you? This feels like a big European occasion, doesn't it? It does. That's the great thing about the Champions League group stage now. It, it gives that prospect of... Uh, big teams coming up against each other early on. I think it was about eight years ago they changed the seeding, so clubs like Arsenal weren't always getting put in pot one despite never getting close to winning it, and it was always the champions of the major leagues. And, of course, United have been in pot two every time they've they've, they've been in the Champions League in the last uh, seven or eight years, and we, we were hoping for a draw like this. I mean, for, for some of us, I mean, I've, I've been fortunate to, to come here before, 
some of us it's the first time we come in here uh, Bayern Munich and Manchester United have not actually played each other as, as often as people might have thought there's, there's the one famous game of course but they didn't play each other until 1998 I think which is pretty remarkable given that up until recently I suppose they were a mirror image of each other the two biggest clubs the two most dominant clubs in, in, in England and in Germany and Having just looked at the United squad, despite that, it, it is definitely a sense of occasion. I mean, just looking around this, this stadium, you can see where the, 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 the ultras gather, where there's the, the railing over there. The United fans will probably be up in the corner to our left. But it is still an, an awe-inspiring sight coming into this stadium, which I think opened for the World Cup in 2006. But... My goodness, they have kept on top of it. The facilities, are, they've, they've been great for us so far. Yeah, I, I mean, I was amazed when you said it opened in 2006. I hadn't really thought about it, but it still looks a phenomenal um, stadium, doesn't it? A real pristine stadium. And the, the contrast with Old Trafford is, is quite incredible, really, just in terms of, of facilities and look and feel and, and everything like that. Um, you mentioned the United squad there. We will come on to that very shortly. Um, First of all, I mean, we only landed in Munich around 2pm. We basically grabbed our bags and came straight to the stage. I've not been to the hotel yet. Um, made it midway through the Bayern Munich press conference and, and walked in just as Harry Kane was speaking. Um, I mean, fair play to Bayern Munich for, for putting him up. I think it's fair to say if it was Manchester United, they wouldn't be making uh, that, that decision. It's not the kind of thing it feels like they, no, they do. Um, very interesting to hear from Kane. Uh, Kane and Tuchel, really. Tuchel always an, an engaging speaker. Um, Kane asked about United and, and obviously kind of playing that, that possibility down. Um, said some interesting things on, on Harry Maguire. Um, but I mean, it's just good to, good to hear from him on an occasion like this when the game is going to be, so much of the game is going to be about him, isn't it? We had that five years ago when Juventus came to Manchester and they put Cristiano Ronaldo up. Uh, later that season, Barcelona put up um, Gerard Piquet, of course, mm. had a, had history with United. And there have been some strange occasions in the past where United have put up a player who is extremely underwhelming. And I, I don't mean this as a slight on him at all, but when you go away to Barcelona Champions League quarterfinal, you, you do hope for someone better than Diogo Dallo. With all due respect mm. to Diogo Dallo, who's a really lovely lad, but he was, he was, he was only 20 at the time. And it was in his first season. You want someone with a bit more seniority, a bit more gravitas. And uh, Jose Mourinho used to be quite good at that. In that, if there was, if there was an issue that a player could sort out by speaking to the press, he'd tell that player to do it. And that's why I think during that that season in eighteen nineteen, we got Lukaku, and there was some noise around him possibly going. And, and Pogba was put up when we went out to Turin as well for United's win against Juventus. You, we we hoped for Kane. We we got Kane. He's I wouldn't say he was necessarily box office. I think no. in, in some ways Tuchel was, mm. was the more fascinating yeah, talker. I and I thought this before when we were, we did his press conferences when he was PSG coach coming up against United and, and to, a, to a lesser extent Chelsea. I mean, certainly when he was PSG coach, I think there was a hope that he would come to England just because he was, he seemed quite media friendly and he was very engaging, very articulate. His answers today were really interesting, an impeccable English speaker mm. as well. I think the, the quote he gave that really stood out was when he was talking about the noise around United and he sensed just from, what, just over 18 months in England that he was talking about the pundits, a lot of them being ex-United players, the legacy of Sir Alex Ferguson. He's never managed Manchester United. He's managed at Old Trafford a handful of times, but he clearly got a feeling of as to how borderline impossible that job can be and, and the scrutiny that comes with it. 
And he's going to encounter that similarly at Bayern Munich, and he has done already at Bayern Munich. You're not judged on when, whether you win the Bundesliga, you're, you're judged on what happens in the Champions League. And since they won it in 2013 under Jupp Heynckes, they've, they've fallen short more often than not. It was only in... 2020 and the the, the COVID uh, the, the the tail end of the COVID campaign I suppose where they they, they beat PSG and I think it was in Lisbon was it or, or, or maybe mm. maybe Porto I'm struggling to think yeah. again now but it was it was a sterile um, it was a sterile way to to win the European Cup that was for certain but they've they've had the misfortune of coming up against teams who've gone on to win it. But looking at their team and the likely team that they'll play tomorrow night, it is it is a formidable side still. And that I mean, Stralix Ferguson said it when we we did the the treble anniversary game just over four years ago about you know the Bayern Munich. They're a club that are run the right way. I don't think there's ever been a time where you've looked at Bayern Munich and you've questioned the running of the club. Maybe some of the there've been some missteps along the way. I mean they've they've, they've had quite close ties with Qatar that have gone down quite badly with with their, their membership here and there's been the odd um, fracas at, at, at club AGMs but they they do not stand still if they win the league they want to have a better squad next season because they've, they've not won the Champions League and really they have for, for clubs of that top tier I think they have become uh, the, the, the model club that very very few other clubs have been able to um, to, to, to reach that benchmark I mean City have been tremendously run for a number of years now but Bayern Munich were doing that uh, long before City came along the disadvantage Bayern have had is that they've not had the clout of City and although they did have Pep Guardiola they, they certainly um, didn't didn't enjoy having him anywhere near as much as City have No definitely not and you mentioned they never stand still I mean the, the perfect example of that is spending £86 million on a, on a 30 year old Harry Kane um, four goals in four games in the Bundesliga probably no great surprise you mentioned Tuchel and what he said before he was much more engaging than Kane I think we all know now Kane's not a phenomenal speaker I think mm. he's very well yeah. media trained to, to say a lot without saying nothing as good as it was to hear from him um, that, that quote you mentioned from Tuchel is I felt with Manchester United there was always a lot of noise a lot of pundits or ex-players from Manchester United you have this legacy from Sir Alex Ferguson which creates a lot of pressure a lot of expectation around United um, and he did go on to talk and, and I, I, you know, I've wrote those quotes up and kind of done it as a comparison that Tuchel and Ten Hag never faced each other could could probably share a beer or a glass of wine tomorrow night and talk about the, the relative pressures because there's no doubt in Germany with Bayern and, and United with in, and in England with United they are the two clubs that dominate radio talk shows yeah. pundits discussion FC Hol- some of them call them FC, FC Hollywood, Hollywood over yeah, here with, yeah. with Bayern and I mean they were in they were in crisis mode for most, most of last season and still won the league it's yeah it's, it's, it's extraordinary I mean th- that was quite the bottle job from, from Borussia Dortmund on the final day of the season but Bayern Munich as far as it goes domestically they always tend to find a way and it, it is interesting how they operate because they do have parameters I, I think Kane is their most expensive signing he must be their most no, expensive so, signing yeah. and they have spent big on other players in the past but there was up until a point quite until quite recently there was there was a limit and they were operating well in a, in a way that was it's not how much you spend it's what you it's how you spend it and there have been have been the odd extravagant purchases but they've always had a very good youth system here they have very little issue in uh, cherry picking the best players from the other german clubs for whatever reason uh, I, I suppose you, they've they've got they've got the financial might of course and of course if you're a german player at another club 
it seems like you want to play for Bayern Munich, which is why so many German players are still based in, in the Bundesliga and you see the, these players coming through and you can already guess which ones are going to go to Bayern Munich. Mm. I go back to 2011 and I thought Manuel Neuer would have been the the ideal pick for United to, to replace Edwin van der Sar with. But the feeling at United was that he was always going to go to Bayern Munich and the fact that he was a, a boyhood Schalke fan who was a season ticket holder and um, maybe some Schalke fans would have idealistically thought he would rather go to Manchester. It's not stopped him going to Bayern Munich still and he still is a Bayern Munich player more than 12 years on. So there's a lot to marvel at them and uh, you know, the, the Bundesliga must be not particularly um, engrossing to, to cover because they, they always find a way. It must, it's, it's like Michael Schumacher in, in F1 yeah. in, the, in the 90s, I suppose. It's, it's, there are a lot of parallels there between those, those two sporting greats and their pomp. And unfortunately for United, this is the first time I mean, it's the first time they've come to Bayern since David Moyes' penultimate game in charge where there was not a lot of expectation going into that tie. But the chasm between the clubs now is a lot greater than it was then. And I know United finished third last season. They had a, a good season last season. But you look at Bayern Munich's team, and, and Ten Hag said it at the weekend, Bayern Munich one of the favourites to win the Champions League. Absolutely nobody is saying that about Manchester United. And nobody has said that about Manchester United at the start of the Champions League campaign for more than 10 years at the very least yeah absolutely and, and Bayern seem to be finding finding their feet a little bit under under Tuchel I don't think he had the impact they expected back in the last season mm. they've started pretty well this season scoring a lot of goals they did draw 2-2 two, two here on Friday night against Bayer Leverkusen, Leverkusen but yeah. I think there's a view that, that Leverkusen will probably be their closest challengers this year maybe ahead of Dortmund um, given the job Xabi Alonso's doing there and it, it was always going to be a tough task for United it's fair to say that task is a little bit tougher having seen the squad that they're the 21-man squad that they are are bringing here um, I, I mean the injuries are, are just incredible for United at the moment Wan-Bissaka now out with a, a hamstring injury um, you know, I don't know whether it'll be something that Tenag has asked about later, but it's got to be an area of concern, the number of muscle injuries they're picking up at this stage of the season. Um, like I said, that 21-man squad, and it's a Champions League game, so they can name that entire squad on the bench, 12 it, substitutes. Yeah. So they're going to have three goalkeepers on the bench. Um, and they've got five defenders, basically. It, it's going to be, I mean, they've only got two fit fullbacks. Uh, Maguire is not in the squad. Varane and Mount trained this morning, but are also not in the squad. So, I mean, the back four is going to be uh, Dallo Regulian as fullbacks and Lindelof and Martinez. And then Johnny Evans essentially covering every position, which as, as reliable and solid as Johnny Evans can be is, is a if bit it's, is If terrifying. it's any consolation, he, he played at fullback in the 2009 League Cup final. Mm. So, <laughs> Yes. Yeah, I mean, the, drawn that experience. Yeah, the concern there would be 2009, I yes. think. Um, <laughs> and I mean, even just looking at the rest of the squad: Dan Gore, Hannibal, Amari Forson. You know, there's going to be some very inexperienced players on the bench. They are really up against it, aren't they? With that squad, it it is incredible what has gone wrong so far this season with injuries. Sancho, Anthony, and and that squad compared to the Bayern squad is is I mean terrifying isn't it? it it must be for United fans who are coming out here as well because Bayern have had a propensity in recent years to take a couple of English clubs to the cleaner we'll remember it's 10 to um, the, the, the tweet when they beat Arsenal on aggregate they beat them 5-1 in, in, in each game I think in 2017 then the Bayern Munich Twitter account put what time is it it's 10-2 when it was obviously 9.50 <laughs> 
and was it four years ago in one of Pochettino's last games as Tottenham coach did they win 8-2 I they think did, at Tottenham yeah. it was it, it was, was at Tottenham Stadium wasn't it? Yeah. It, they absolutely eviscerated them and this was the Tottenham team that had just got to the Champions League final a few months earlier and really if, if you're a Bayern Munich player if you're Harry Kane and you're looking at that team you have got to be thinking if I'm not scoring tomorrow night at least once then I, I'm going to I'm going to be absolutely distraught mm. because United are there for the taking I suppose if we were to do educated guesswork I mean the defence does pick itself Anana is obviously the keeper uh, Fernandez, Eriksson Casemiro have to start Rashford has to start Hoyland has to start um I mean, the, the prospect of them going with the same front six as they went with at the weekend would be like throwing in the towel, I think. I, I, although McTominay is one of the more experienced other options there, I would be loath to play in him just because of how badly it went at the weekend. Um, I'd, I'd probably rather go with Palistri and try and you know have some convention and some threat on the counter-attack rather than trying to contain it because... I think that would just be delaying the inevitable. Yeah. I think Bayern have got too much to, to get past United. If United come away here with, with a positive result, and, and I don't mean getting 3-0, I mean some people uh, getting beaten 3-0, I think some people might, there might be some gallows humour that if, if United keep the scoreline down and lose, that, that might be seen as a positive. But yeah. I, I just you'd be getting very long odds on them getting a good, a good result here tomorrow night after that squad has dropped now. Um, I suppose when when the training squad dropped this morning, or we we saw who trained for Adam Mount. Although Mount's not done well for United so far, he could have been on the right. Fernandez in the middle for Ran at centre half. That does that puts a very very different complexion on the starting lineup. You'd look at that front six and think that's got potential. Mount in a role that he did well in at Chelsea, but he's he's not going to be here. And the alternatives are. Are really pretty underwhelming to say the least. So they they are in trouble, and this is a huge week for United as well. Because although as long as they don't get absolutely annihilated here tomorrow night, it, it does feel like a bit of a free hit. It's the first Champions League group stage game, so the group stage is salvageable even if they do lose. But Burnley on Saturday night, it's massive. Isn't it? That's that is a huge game already. Yeah, yeah. I mean, looking at that squad, you know, I'm with you. Ten of that team, I think, picks itself. I would. I would consider playing McTominay and just playing Fernandez on the right and, and going to a 4-3-3. I thought that diamond was a bit of a disaster tactically at times at the weekend. Yeah. I don't think he can do it again. I think Tuchel would, would see through that and Bayern normally have pretty good fullbacks. Um, one of our colleagues, Simon Peach, I've just seen flash up on, on WhatsApp here saying he's brought his boots and, and volunteering himself to United for for substitute duty should they need a, another player unfortunately as regular as we'll know I play in goal and that's an area United aren't short of at the moment so it looks like I will be staying in the press box tomorrow night but do keep an eye out for, for Samuel or Simon Peach on the bench just in case anyone uh, anyone picks no, up I, I a, did, a stray on a flight I did get more Old Trafford goals than Valt Vekos and Cristiano Ronaldo last season you did, so you did yes. the, offer, the offer does stand but <laughs> may, maybe improve press press meet, press club relations who knows it's, it's, been a, it's been a challenging time for the club this may be the way for us to uh, this might be the olive branch we offer them absolutely well that's all for, for part one I didn't think we'd end up on the possibility of Samuel Luckers playing for United <laughs> but there we go uh, we'll be back very soon to discuss uh, more ahead of this game with threats to our nation waiting around every corner adaptability is more important than ever when conditions change without notice quick strategic thinking is crucial and with obstacles consistently impending Determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. 
With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome back to the Manchester is Red podcast. Myself, Tyrone Marshall and Samuel Luckest sat here in the uh, bowl of the Allianz Arena. Uh, as we said earlier, uh, a stunning location. There's a few um, UEFA staff doing laps of the pitch at the moment. These match day minus ones, as UEFA always call them, are, are very busy events. As I said, Bayern, Bayern trained this morning at their training ground and then came here to do their press conference. Uh, we've got these, these UEFA staff doing a bit of training now. It doesn't look like the match officials. They're, they're too young to be match officials, I would say, but it's always a hive of activity. United are due here later. We've, we've mentioned that squad to you. Um, our colleague Rich Fay was at training this morning. United will be in the air around about now and it'll be about 6.45 UK time that they'll be holding their, their press conference here. So um, if this podcast is out before then, do keep an eye on the website for, for, more, uh, for more content. And yeah, we, you know, we've said about this setting, what a great club Bayern Munich are. To, to put it in context, a year ago this week, basically, United were in Moldova. Um, you can't get a bigger contrast in what the difference between the Europa League and the Champions League and going from Moldova to Munich. To be in Munich rather than Moldova. Absolutely, your yes. As well. Give me Munich any time rather than rather than Chisinau. I mean, it sums up the difference in the competition. Even having Galatasaray in there, yeah. it is it is just a different level, isn't it? And this is a this is a heavyweight European clash, as we've touched on. It it should, in a way, it doesn't really matter. United can afford to lose this game and still qualify in second, potentially win the group if they beat Bayern at home. The, what they can't afford to do is is get absolutely tonked, can they? And, and that, that, worryingly, that is a possibility. I think as uh, one of our colleagues, to paraphrase one of our colleagues, United fans will be getting tonked here at Oktoberfest and there's a danger that United could get tonked here at the Allianz Arena. You just hope for, for their sake that they have regathered themselves since the, the Brighton defeat at the weekend and... I mean, Ten Hag was asked after the game, was it a crisis? And he said no. Mm. And I'm, I'm thinking, I mean, we'll be the judge of that, <laughs> really. Here. <laughs> and the, the reason why I feel it is a crisis is that they've lost three of the first five league games for the first time in 34 years. And not just that, it's what's been going on off the pitch. They've had fires to fight on a weekly basis and the smoke is still billowing, billowing sorry, whether it's uh, the, the old discipline of... Of, of a player, whether it's allegations over a player, whether it's the botched reintegration of, of Mason Greenwood or uh, the, the injury crisis that they're mired in. I mean, they, they can they can still, I think they can field an injured 11 and then some still, really, uh, with, with the absence of, of Maguire as well uh, for, for this match. So to get a, a positive result here would be, it's, it's just a huge ask. And you know we talk about the the gulf between the the two teams now, and it's it, that that should terrify United. I I don't think you can downplay that enough when they come to a stadium like this and to a club like this. They've got to look at Bayern Munich as at the very least they're equals, and they'd have come to Bayern Munich a couple of times in the past and looked almost looked down at them at times, which is ironically it's a very German thing to do, yeah. looking down on on someone and seeing them as inferior, but. I, I, I just it's a struggle to see how United get something out of this now it's not us looking at it pessimistically at all you look at that squad and it's in a dire state and Ten Hag has to be asked about the injury situation because they are dropping like flies has he been able to put 
his finger on why that is happening. Is he happy with the fitness staff? Is there accountability for the fitness staff? It's not just bad luck that all these players are getting injured. You can, dis- you, you can dismiss certain injuries as unfortunate impact injuries. They're out of your control, but they are getting a lot of muscular injuries. There are a lot of there have been a lot of minor issues. This is the second time already this season that Harry Maguire has yeah. has had an injury because I think he missed was it Tottenham away I believe uh, he mm, wasn't in the squad for that yeah. game so that, that's someone who is you know is, is done at United as well but it's so bad that Maguire is actually something of a miss tomorrow night because there's no there's no, there's no depth there's yeah. no cover the only cover they've got is is a 35 year old who was released by by Leicester City in, in, in the summer and, and left United eight years ago mm. Um, United supporters will enjoy themselves out here this is a city that, that resonates very powerfully as well because of the, the Munich air disaster mm-hmm. and there'll be supporters who go to Manchester Platz I think we're both intending to go there tomorrow um, it's, it's something that I've always wanted to do so it's it's an opportunity to do that it's a great time of year to come to Munich the weather's great mm-hmm. as is often the case with uh, European football trips the thing that can often ruin it is actually the, the football, football. <laughs> so it's it's 90 minutes is a small amount of time uh, over a trip of two or two or three days for those united fans so they'll they'll maximize it and then they'll be yeah, it's, it's a bit of a bump down to earth when you go up the road to, to, to turf, rural well, lancashire and on, yeah. on a friday oh, sorry a saturday it'll evening. be freezing on saturday yeah yes. yeah even though it's still maybe a bit, little bit suitable places in england it's it's not going to be yeah. great so they've they've got to enjoy it while they still can and, and possibly you know, possibly look on the bright side of life that they have they will still have five more games to, to to reach the knockouts after what what looks like i mean it feels inevitable that Bayern will win this game tomorrow mm. and it's just it's it's a really dire state where united at that we are already wondering how many are they going to win by yeah i mean it probably sums up harry Maguire's misfortune at the moment they'd only, only be on the bench in an injured 11 for united at the moment when they'd probably have wan basaka varan Shaw, and, and malassia starting in the injured 11 with Maguire, Maguire yeah, on the yeah. bench in, in that team as well at the moment. Which kind of, even when he's injured, he's not uh, he's not making that team. Um, you know, it, it feels we've made quite a bit. I think of, of what a big occasion this is—a heavyweight European clash. It's a stage that United should be playing on year in, year out. We said earlier about Tuchel talking about the, the noise around the club, the size of the club, the expectations. But we're making a big thing of it because they they play a game like this, and then the year after they they do play in Moldova. They, it, it, it's a boom or bust cycle for Champions League football, isn't it? Is it? I think twice in in the last ten years they've had consecutive Champions League seasons. Already this season's European campaign hasn't kicked off yet, and we're saying maybe they need to win the competition to get back in it next year. Um, you know, I, I've been looking at it, doing, doing a piece like that for the morning, and incredibly they are seventh favourites for top four place in the league this season. They are eleven to four now to finish in the top four. Newcastle and Brighton are shorter odds which I found amazing, but it kind of shows where, where the bookies feel United are at. Those odds feel wrong, but, you know, there's, there's enough, you know, the bookies, the bookies make enough money to sustain a very profitable injury, so they're never usually that far wrong. They think United will finish seventh in the league. It's, you know, it's incredible, really, that, that, that this can keep happening. These, these occasions should be something United aspire to every single season, and not just in the group stage, but in spring. We should come in back here when the weather's turning again after, yeah. after the winter, but we're not... You couldn't rule out United finishing third in this group, and you certainly can't rule them out that the fact that they won't be in the Champions League again next year. And it's not 
it, it that is stopping them from moving forward as a club, isn't it? Because every year they're not in the Champions League. It's a hundred million pound hit on revenues. They look like a less serious football club, swapping competitions every year. You don't see that with Manchester City. All right, you've seen it with Liverpool this year, but it looks like they'll be back in the top four. You know, the, the club they aspire to be has to be in the Champions League every season. And at the moment, they're essentially in the Champions League every other season, aren't they? Well, you, you go back to Mourinho's football heritage sermon in, mm. after they went out to Sevilla in 2018, and that has aged extremely well because the more you revisit that, he, although it did go down well with supporters at the time, what he said was, was factual. He had a point then. It, it looks even better now, five years five years on. Since they last got to the Champions League final in 2011, they've got to the quarterfinals twice. And that was under David Moyes when they went out to Bayern Munich here in 2014 and Ole Gunnar Solskjaer yeah. when they went out to Barcelona in 2019. Uh, of, of the managers who've come since Sir Alex Ferguson, they're in some ways arguably the two worst managers. Moyes certainly is. Solskjaer, I think you give or take there in terms of maybe him or, or Van Gaal. But ultimately Solskjaer didn't win a trophy. And I, I always felt even when they got to the Europa League final a couple of years ago when there's obviously clearly where it's a European final you're trying to talk it up and is this going to make it a successful season what have you but they were only in the Europa League that season because they cocked it up in the Champions League group stage where they won their first three and then they needed what was it some like four points from the remaining three games and they went out uh, they, they they lost to PSG and, and they lost to RB Leipzig that was a group that they should have been going through in and they didn't and it's not the first time that they've gone out at the group stage. And another concern coming here is the away record. And that will be a concern ahead of the weekend as well. I mean, this will be an atmospheric stadium tomorrow night. United are struggling to cope in atmospheric stadiums, even non-atmospheric stadiums. The Emirates Stadium is not. Nobody views that as a, as a bear pit or no. uh, an intimidating place to go. But United have made it look that way on their two visits there um, under Ten Hag. Uh, at Tottenham the second half there was nothing positive about it whatsoever and then when you apply that to the remaining away games in this group the Parken Stadium at Copenhagen is reputedly one of the underrated atmospheres in European football it seemed to generate a great noise during the Euros when Denmark went uh, into the semi-finals I was there doing City last year in the the goal of draw and it was you know it was a really good I mean City had a man sent off that day but it was a a really good atmosphere and a a good result for them and and Galatasaray Galatasaray. say no more even though the stadium is different from when United first went there in the 90s Everybody knows that you know that there's a reason why. I, mean, I think it was Simon Peach again. He, he said that when he went to the club shop there a few years ago, they, they were selling onesies that had "Welcome to Hell" written on them. That that, that is that is the the, the image they are happy to cultivate. <laughs> exactly. I don't know. I think he might have said it was for um, it was like in infant sizes. So almost like you've got this uh, you know, berserk child on your hands <laughs> who's who's running right all the time and, and giving you the run around. But that that's going to be a sight to behold. As well so it's it is absolutely paramount that they they, they buck their ideas up as, as as soon as possible but unfortunately for them although this is a this is a great occasion for the, the competition and for the two clubs who who are involved in it I, I suspect only one club is is truly looking forward to it given the the state of the nation with with United and and that squad that has dropped today it's I think even by Munich might people there might look at that squad and think how the hell can Manchester United assemble such a weak squad? Yeah, 
definitely. Um, yeah, I mean, Peachy's going to be claiming royalties on this podcast. Yeah, at, at he is. This he's, rate. he's getting uh, a few names. Remarkable, names. remarkable rate of mentions. Um, just finally, then, it, it's difficult to look at key matchups because there, there aren't any really with that United squad. I mean, they're. You know, there's there's obviously a lot of English press over here. There's going to be a lot of colour pieces from the game as well as match reports. The obvious angle is at centre forward, isn't it? Hoyland versus Kane, the striker United did sign against the one we know Ten Hag wanted to sign as much as he might protest otherwise. Yeah. Now, um, Hoyland's had a a decent start to United's career, I think. Very very uh, very light, very light, very bright at Arsenal. Pretty good at the weekend, although I think he did he did tire. Um, Kane has hit the ground running unsurprisingly in, in Munich um, that's that's going to be interesting to see where, where those two are at isn't it but Kane, is, Kane has got 10 years and probably 200 goals on, on Hoyland Hoyland is a, a project for the future at United these occasions will will bring more out of him he looks like he relishes the kind of battle yeah. of this game but it, it's hard to see how he can influence this game in, in the same manner that, that Kane can, I guess. He's going to be up against two very physical centre-halves as well, Nupa Meccano and, and Kim, who they signed from from um, Napoli in the summer. Uh, the, the, the comparison is, 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 I mean, is unfair. You've got someone who's 10 years older um, who's who tore it up in the Premier League, and we always knew that Kane was going to tear it up in the Bundesliga as well. Hoyland... If he got 15 goals this season, I think we'd see that as a, a as a success for him as an individual. Yeah. But is it going to be success enough as to make it a successful season for United? It remains to be seen. And at Man United, you are you're judged immediately. It doesn't matter whether you're a novice. It doesn't matter whether you're really experienced. If you're in the line for Man United, you've you've got to get up to speed immediately. And his, he laid down a good marker, I thought, at Arsenal. He put himself about, he contributed to the goal that never was with a tidy flick. He certainly gave them more of a handful than Anthony Marshall did yeah. in his 60-odd minutes. And the, the introduction of Marshall for Hoyland certainly amplified or contributed at the very least to the booing in the during the game on Saturday. If it was someone dependable coming on, then I don't think the reaction would have been quite as quite as negative. I still think that the reaction was was unjust and, and certainly unhelpful as well. But when emotions are raw and the scoreboard reads United nil, Brighton two in the 64th minute, and it's Anthony Martial coming on for your striker who's put himself about. I mean, when Marshall went on, they might as well have thrown in the towel as well. But th- those are the limitations they're working with. If they if they could have sold Marshall in the summer, they would have, but they couldn't because he can barely play and he, you, you, you can't sell him either. So it's just as well his contract's up next year and it's not like United to make a silly contract decision and trigger it by another year. I mean, if, if they did that, then heads heads really do need to roll but um, unfortunately despite the for, unfortunately for United they had that pre-season optimism since the Greenwood announcement it's just felt like a fire has been rising and rising and rising and they just cannot put it out and maybe the club is just destined to be a basket case of a club indefinitely and I think the only thing that will ever change that is a change of ownership and that may not actually happen despite the strategic review that was announced last year if you have a change of ownership you can you can literally knock it down and build it up from the top again you could they, they might do that with Old Trafford we, we don't know but even that it although it might be the practical thing to do that would possibly be the symbolic thing to do as well because the way it's going with United it's it's just this season it already feels like it's quite a long way back for them to salvage it and make it a truly successful season or certainly a, a better season than last season 
which had to be the minimum objective. And they can't just say, you know, it's bad luck with injuries or the margins against Arsenal. He wasn't offside. Yes, he was offside. Some of them were in North Korea mode at the weekend, suggesting that the ball hadn't gone out when Marcus Rushford got to the byline. Uh, you know, at least Ten Hag didn't stray into that territory after the game. And, you know, they've, as Ten Hag said as well, you've got to make your own luck. And that's that's the way they have to approach it to an extent, especially going into this game. There's, If they get anything out of it, there's going to have to be luck involved. Absolutely, yeah. That was uh, half an hour of, uh, of positive chat, I think, around Manchester United. Two steins over here, please, barman. <laughs> Keep them coming. Um, hopefully you made it to the end of that and you're not feeling too downbeat ahead of what we, we promise will be a grand occasion. We just can't make any promises about the result, unfortunately. Uh, and if we were, it's not the ones you want to hear. Um, so, yeah, a, a difficult task in store for, for United. That's all from myself and Samuel for now. Uh, we'll be with you online tomorrow at the Allianz Arena with all the build-up to the game. Uh, we'll have a couple of videos previewing the game and, and looking back at it as well at the end. Um, and plenty more content on our match day blog and on our social media channels and YouTube. So do stick with us for the rest of the trip to Munich. Uh, but for now, that is all from the Allianz Arena. Maguire's not here, uh, no Rafael Varane or Mason Mount. With Mount and Varane, is it a case that they're not quite ready to be fit yet to play? And with Harry, did he get an injury in training this morning? He had some complaints and we have to see how bad it is. So he, um, he, he finished the training but was not good enough to travel. is a concern but uh, that's why we knew that before and that's why we constructed the squad uh, with depth and so uh, we can deal with it and the squad can deal with it. Uh, David. Hi Eric. Um, Bayern signed Harry Kane this summer, you signed Rasmus Hoyland. What was the thinking behind signing potential over a proven goal scorer like Harry Kane? Um, it's had an immediate impact, obviously, here at Bayern. And, and do you feel that was the right decision, ultimately, by the club? I think we discussed it in, in, in San Diego. So I don't think we have to uh, repeat this debate. Uh, so we are happy uh, with, with Rasmus. And so, we, uh, obviously, uh, first games he was injured. Uh, he played now Arsenal. He, uh, he had now a start. So uh, now, of course, we, we have to integrate him in the team, but you can see um, he has, uh, he's a big talent and he will contribute to our, to our game. Uh, we are quite convinced of that. No. Take one at the front. Hi, Eric. Um, you trained Bayern's second team for two years. And I would like to know how much influence does this time still have on the way you work at Manchester United and how strong is the connection to Bayern so many years later? Oh, this were great years for me. I really so enjoyed it here. And um, I like the mentality uh, from, uh, from Bayern, uh, the, the region Bayern, as well as, as especially the club. So we had great years. Um, first year especially uh, we, 
we were champion, but then unlucky we were when that we didn't promote it. And I never forget that. But it was also a good experience uh, you get as a manager, as a coach. Um, yeah, so for me it was a very good experience to be here, and and it was enjoyable. Uh, whatever that. Uh, question for Andre. Uh, Andre, you've got a good start here at Manchester United. The fans admire your passion. Is that important to you? And also, have you found it? Have you had added uh, extra expectation after replacing the boots of David de Gea, one of the most established players here at Manchester United? Some would even call a legend at a football club. Have you handled that okay? Hi. Well, I'm a, I'm a very passionate player. And uh, I demand a lot for, for my players and my defenders. But like I always say, you know, we are in this together. Being part of this big club is something great. Manchester United is it's amazing club. It's huge. I'm happy to be here. In place, uh, David, it's not something uh, easy. I'm trying to do my best, of course. The start of the season is not uh, what we want, but we... Better this will come, the situation will turn, and we are, I'm very confident. I know everything will be, will be all right. Quick one just for Eric. Eric, last time in the Champions League, you for your style of play with Ajax, almost getting to the final. Is that important in this competition? Is that a frustration of yours that some have critiqued your style of play that you haven't quite got it yet here at Manchester United? Uh, first part, I didn't, um, I didn't hear. Can you repeat it? Can you hear that? No, sorry. Last time you was in the champ in Champions League with Ajax, you was praised for your style of play, almost getting to the final with Ajax. There's been some critique that we still haven't got an actual style of play at Manchester United. Is that the biggest frustration? The injuries, the constant changing, never being able to have that established team. Do you need that in this type of competition? One thing is true. I think from the start last season, I think. I almost never started uh, with uh, the best, I would say, in my opinion, the best start 11. Uh, there was always something uh, like an injury. So, but you have to deal with it. And I think we always got uh, the results in, uh, apart from the period where we are now. So and that, is, that is football and there's always part. And um, I have the experience in the past, I've managed it in the past. Uh, it's not always going up. And you have to deal with it, and yeah, it's all also. Um, yeah, I like these situations because now we have to handle handle it, and we have to manage this, and we. Uh, so you have to know what to do. And that is focusing on the process. Uh, one there. Thank you. Hi, Eric. Just wondering of what you've made of Bayern Munich's start to the season. They obviously had the defeat against Leipzig in uh, the Super Cup, and they've conceded twice against Leverkusen, do you see ways that you can exploit them defensively as much as they've been impressive with those attacking players, including Harry Kane? Uh, I think they are, as you say, they have very attractive players, um, very skillful. Uh, you, um, you can't be unfocused for one second, one split of second, because uh, they, uh, so much individual class they have. Uh, uh, but as you say, yeah, they leave you also sometimes spaces. Huh? But yeah, we are very uh, respectful, and we know Bayern, especially in Champions League, huh? uh, home, especially group stage, they are very strong. But yeah, um, as you
as you say, but yeah, we we're looking forward we, because we like the challenge and also yeah, we, we trust ourselves. Eric, appreciate you do have quite a big squad uh, in total, but the nine players that are out through injury, uh, there are some quite senior players, important players in that group. Can you go to your doctors, your physios, etc., and say, ask them why these kind of injuries are happening to your players? I don't know if we have to go to the doctors, officials, because they are dealing uh, with the problems. And um, so, yeah. Uh, First of all, is injuries always coming in top football because we are living on the edge, and and when you are living on the edge, yeah, the injuries uh, will coming up, and of course we analyse um, why things happens, but also we have to deal with the facts, and it's always about the players who are available, and that's a strong side, and what we can line up, and we have to get the best out of it, and we're focusing on that, and to bring up tomorrow again a good team, uh, make the next step, uh, integrating Rasmus Hoyland, integrating uh, Rigolion, uh, so two new players uh, in our way of play, and yeah, we are here to get a result. A uh, question for Andre. Hi, Andre. Um, you mentioned before about the demands you, you place on teammates. A lot is, is still being made about the, the incident or argument with Harry Maguire in Las Vegas, I think your first game for the club, where you reacted to, to a mistake he made. Are you surprised how much is still being made of that? And is that just a case of that's your, that's your game and that happens? Please, can you, go, can you go slowly? Because I don't... I don't. The, I was about the, the incident with Harry Maguire, I think, in, in Las Vegas mm -hmm. when you first started with the club and a lot is still being made of that. Are you, are you surprised how much was made of that? And is that just what you're like, that you will react if you feel a teammate has, has made a mistake? No, Harry is a, is a very good guy. I have a good relationship with him. I, I even spoke with him this morning before we, we take we take off to to Munich. And what happened there, I already explained straight away after 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 the game. I don't think we have to give importance to to what happened because we are we are big guys. And what happened in the pitch stays in the pitch. And with Harry, I have a great relationship. BBC um, at the back. Eric, I'm just wondering, whether, since the weekend, whether you've, whether you've felt the need to have any sort of reset with the squad, you know, kind of start over again, whether there's anything like that that you've done? No, we don't feel that we need a reset. Absolutely not. And we are in a process, and what you see is that we, in, in parts of game, play very good. But, uh, but, but then also part of games... Uh, we play below our levels, and yeah, so what we have to demand is uh, be consistent, and so we have to step up in, in certain levels all the time uh, for 90 plus minutes, and that is the demand on us. Um, one here. Andre, um, we know that you're renowned for playing out from the back, you're very comfortable on the ball as a goalkeeper. How important is it for you to show that you're more than that, though? You are a good shot stopper. You are good at um, claiming crosses. You can command the box. Do you, do you find that frustrating? And, and do you feel that you also need to prove that you're not just good with your feet? You're more than that. Well, I don't think I'm here because I'm only good with my feet. 
COVID, yeah. <laughs> my story speaks for me, but um, like I always say, the most important thing is the team. You know, we are here to to win, and I have to adapt myself with uh, with the team. You now, if the team need me to be good with the fit, I will. I will be good with the fit if the team, if we are playing in low block or we are playing high, depend depend on the situation. I'm goalkeeper first, so we have to I have to save balls. That's why I'm here, and I have to. We all have to step up. Like I said in the beginning, we didn't start well this season, but I'm very confident everything will, be, will get right. And uh, I'm excited, you know, for tomorrow. It's an important game for us. It's a key game. And when I see how the team is working, how we, we have been working these weeks, this week, I'm very confident and I'm very excited. Okay. As we have Rasmus now, we know Marcus can make moments out of anything. Fantastic goal scoring returns last year. Have you had any conversations with him about how he maybe needs to transform his game now we do have someone like Rasmus and the type of service that Rasmus might need? Yes. <clears throat> Absolutely, and that um, how can the two can take benefit from each other, and but they have to know each other, and so that process uh, just not st- just started, and yeah, um, but in the same time we need results, and so that has to go hand in hand, uh, but yeah, we learn from every training and we learn from every game, and uh, and of course we reflect uh, togetherness, and of course we we lead that. As, as a coaching staff, and but also you, uh, we have seen that uh, Rasmus and Resi uh, together uh, they are talking uh, how they can take benefit from each other. You can see that uh, discussion, that interaction on the pitch is going on, and, and that's a good sign. And I'm sure they uh, will get that connection. Uh, I think the connection is already there, but I think they will get the routines in. Okay, last question, Laurie at the front. Uh, just a question for Andre, if that's okay. Um, congratulations on reaching African Cup of Nations with Cameroon. I just wondered, do you, know, do you yet know what you'll do in that situation if you're called up? If I'm called up, we don't know if I'm going to be called up, so we cannot speak about things we don't know. Let's see what's going to happen uh, in the next month, but uh, we are here to, to play against Munchen, important game for us. It's mo- the most important thing, so all the focus in in the game from tomorrow. Okay, thank you very much. A lot of rumors this summer also about English clubs. Uh, can you tell us how um, uh, how was it from your side? Was was it, for example, Manchester United ever an option for you or uh, other clubs in England? And uh, why did you decide in the end for Bayern? Yeah, to be honest, uh, obviously over the summer, uh, I know there were some talks between uh, a, f- a few clubs in, in, in the background. Um, but then, yeah, Bayern was, you know, uh, a team I was really interested by and, and really excited by. So uh, there wasn't too many, you know, other discussions. You know, once they come in, obviously it was between them and and Tottenham to to talk. And then, um, yeah, the deal the deal got done. So, um, yeah, my focus is on here. Obviously, Manchester are a great club, a, a really... Uh, a really big club as well, um, but you know, I, I just decided to come here, and I'm I'm really happy I have. Uh, well, Harry, between Bayern Munich and Manchester United, there's a lot of history. The biggest match they call it here, the fans, the mother of all defeats, was in 1999. I think you were almost six years old. Uh, I don't know when you started to watch football on TV. Can you remember it? Have you seen it? Have you followed it? 
Uh, what, what do you have in mind with that special defeat in Barcelona? Yeah, I, I wasn't watching it live, but of course, over the years, I've seen the, the highlights of that game. And um, yeah, obviously a tough game for, for Bayern Munich to take, for sure. Uh, when you're 1-0 up and with a few minutes ago and you end up losing, it's obviously a, a really sour taste. So I could imagine the... Yeah, that one still still hurts a little bit, but um, yeah, it's been a it's been a long time since uh, since that match. Uh, a lot has a lot has changed. So um, you know, for us, we're just excited to hopefully give these new fans you know more memories and uh, hopefully uh, a, a better memory than that one. Obviously, there's the possibility that you could find yourself up against Harry Maguire in this match. I'm just wondering what you thought of what he went through at Hamden last week. And also the suggestion that maybe for his own good now that Gareth Southgate should maybe take him out of the firing line with England. Yeah, look, I think um, H has, you know, uh, come under some really unnecessary uh, scrutiny. Um, probably been scapegoated a little bit in terms of um, you know, the way the team have gone over you know recent times. So. Um, yeah, I know he's a, a really good friend of mine. He's a great guy, a uh, really hardworking professional. Um, from an England point of view, being one of our best defenders in you know recent times, and um, I'd go as far to say one of our best defenders over you know the history of uh, of our country. So uh, in in an England shirt. So um, yeah, look, it's it's part of our game now. It's part of football. You know, you, you're scrutinised all over on social media, etc. But um, you know, knowing him, all he want to do is work harder and improve and get better and, and stay focused. And you know, uh, we're fully behind him as a national team. I know the coach come out and uh, backed him fully. So um, there's always going to be noise around players. And the important thing is that we have a really strong core within our, our team at, uh, with, with England. And um, yeah, that's the most important thing going into big games and big tournaments. Third row with Sky Sports, yeah. Um, Harry, just as a striker, does it give you extra confidence maybe to come up against a, a Manchester United defence that has been conceding freely in recent games? And, and just to follow up on the lifestyle questions, how the, the German lessons go and, uh, and the golf with Thomas Muller as well, and you've got that. Yeah, no, in terms of uh, United, obviously they've been going through a bit of a tough spell recently, but uh, sometimes that can be really dangerous because you know they're looking for a, a big response and um yeah we need to be careful that you know we're at home you know we want to dictate the game we want to um you know play the way we want to but they have some threats as well that we, we really need to be careful of so uh i don't like to to think too much about you know the form that the team are in because every game can be different so i just need to perform the way uh, i know i can and the team can and hopefully we can create some good chances Hi, Harry. um you know i had a tough start of the season obviously losing three of the last four players injured, players unavailable for other issues. I know teams are obviously aware of a bad clash, but do you and your teammates sense this is the perfect time to play them in the sense that their confidence is low, the form's low? This would be the perfect time to, to take on Manchester United. Um, yeah, I don't know about the perfect time, because like I touched on a bit earlier, there can be a, a big response from teams who are going for a difficult spell. But of course, we have to use circumstances to, to our advantage as well. And we need to, to go with a big confidence. We're at home in front of our fans. It's important to uh, yeah to start the game on the on the front foot and and really try and put the pressure on the opposition. So um, that's what we'll we'll try and do. Uh, of course, I touched on they've got some big threats as well and counter attack. They have some really quick players, so we need to be wary of that. But overall, you know, it's a game that we want to 
uh, try and dominate and try and you know keep the pressure on and hopefully uh, break down uh, as the game goes on. Hi, Harry. Uh, it's a really nice thing that you said about Harry Maguire. I think we can all agree. Um, but if he plays tomorrow, how would you feel about potentially making it worse for him? Yeah, but no, this is this is football. You know, I've come up against you know friends or teammates before, and I think once you get onto the pitch, you know your uh, competitiveness uh, comes out, and you want to obviously do your best for your team. Nothing else really enters enters your mind. So um, that's not something I'll be thinking about. Like I touched on there, I think Harry's a you know a great guy, a great professional. Um, you know, a lot of young players can look at him and his journey to, to hopefully motivate them and push them to, to be footballers one day as well. Um, but yeah, if he plays tomorrow night, you know, that, that friendship goes away for, for 90 minutes and I do my best for, for Bayern Munich to, to try and score goals and, and help my team.